West Side Christian Center locker room. We're going to talk about how God's got your back. How many have been to a game and you had to depend on somebody else? You've been to a game and you had to depend on somebody else. In other words, you weren't Michael Jordan, so you needed help. That's what we're going to talk about this morning. The first thing you need to know is the title of the message because it's the only time you're going to hear it. God's got your back. You understand that? It don't matter where you're at in life. It doesn't matter what you're doing. God's got your back. Don't ever forget that. Everybody say the word all. All. All have what? All have sin. And therefore, what happens to all people? We fall short. But, anyone, say anyone, who calls upon who? The name of the Lord shall be what? Did I hear an exception in there? Anyone. Are you anyone? So who is not in that sentence? Romans 5, 1 through 5. Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done for us. Because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of highest privilege where we now stand. We confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they are good for us. They help us to learn and endure. And endurance develops the strength of character in us, and the character strengthens our confident expectation of salvation. And this expectation will not disappoint us. For we know how dearly God loves us, because He has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with His love. James 1.3 says, For when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. Sometimes we do have trials during the game. We have trials. Things that stress us, that stretch us. Sometimes just sitting on the bench is a trial for some people. No one can build their muscles without a little bit of stress. You can't get your muscles built up without stretching them and stressing them. But in order to build your strength, you have to exercise. You have to strengthen yourself. The same thing works spiritually. The same thing works in your study of the Word of God. If you want to strengthen your spirit, your strengthen your walk in Christ, you have to get the exercise. You have to stretch so that you can endure those trials. It will become then easier to juggle things that before you couldn't even pick up. You understand that? You'll be able to juggle things easily that before you couldn't even pick up because you are able to go through the trial and get stronger for it. Next is the pressures. Philippians 4.13 For I can do everything with the help of Christ who gives me strength. The pressures of living. Our own sinful nature. How many of you sin all the time? I should see every hand. 
Because if you didn't put your hand up, you're sinning. So put your hand up. The Bible says, who that says he has no sin is a liar. And therefore, a sinner. Sometimes we fall repeatedly into our problems. Sometimes we just can't help ourselves. Sometimes we enjoy it. But God says, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be So what solves our problem? Since we can't seem to overcome our own sin. The grace of God. Now you heard a really hard message last week, and I guarantee you, in my lifetime, I have never heard a pastor preach on that subject. Except when I was 15, and it was a one-on-one session. (laughs) We're all going to sin. We're all going to mess up. We're all going to fall into the same traps if we don't work with the team. If you're working on your own and you're not working, your muscles strengthening, your experience, working together as a team, coming to work out and worship, you're going to be weak and you're going to fall back into your sin. Paul himself, who wrote 14 books of the Bible, had a problem with sinning. When he knew he shouldn't. He said, I do the things I don't want to do. I know I'm not supposed to do them, but I do them anyway. Who's going to deliver me? What was his answer? I thank God through Jesus Christ. Jesus already paid our price. Jesus already delivered us. The Bible says that he would that how many should perish? None. Does that leave anybody out? That means every one of you have the same opportunity. In spite of yourself. In spite of myself. In spite of what you may or may not like a pastor preaching. In spite of what I may or may not do. You have the same opportunity that I do. Now, if you don't take advantage of that opportunity, it's not the pastor's fault. It's not my fault. Whose fault is it? It's the fault of the one who doesn't take advantage of it. But fortunately, God gives us the Holy Spirit. One of the coaching staff. To give us the strength and the motivation and the encouragement we need to stay in the game. Why is that? Because he's got our back. How many have ever played on the, on the team where the coach just sat on the bench and didn't do nothing? Just sat there waiting for the game to end? Doesn't happen, does it? The coach is there to motivate the players to get the game won, even if they're sitting on the bench, because I'll guarantee you, the people on the bench are just as important as the people actively in the game. Nobody said amen to that, so you must not believe it. I'm telling you, the people on the bench are just as important as the people that are on the field right now. 
Why? Because they're motivating support. They're standing on the sidelines. They're cheering you on. That's what the team does. Teamwork. 1 Corinthians 12, 4-11. Now there are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but it is the same Holy Spirit who is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service in the church, but the same Lord we are serving. There are different ways God works in our lives, but it is the same God who does the work to all of us. How many times have you heard all so far? A spiritual gift is given to each, each of us, as a means of helping the entire church. To one person, the Spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. To another, He gives the gift of special knowledge. The Spirit gives special faith to another. To someone else, He gives the power to heal the sick. He gives one person the power to perform miracles, and another the ability to prophesy. He gives someone else the ability to know whether it's really the Spirit of God or another spirit that is speaking. Still another person is given the ability to speak in unknown languages. Another is given the ability to interpret what's being said. It is the one and only Holy Spirit who distributes these gifts. He alone decides which gift each person should have. Everybody can't be the center. Everybody can't be the forward. Everybody can't be the goalie. Everybody's got their place on the team. The bat boy has his place on the team. He may seem seemingly insignificant to the crowd that's watching, but he has a special purpose. If he doesn't pick up those bats, they'll either run out of bats or they'll trip over them. The water boy doesn't deliver the water, they're going to get mighty thirsty out there. And I guarantee you, the guy that hits a grand slam and runs around those bases is going to want some water when he's done. But nobody sees the water boy giving the water to the guy who made the grand slam. They're too busy cheering for the guy who made the grand slam. Teamwork says we cheer for the whole team when one of you does wonderfully. Teamwork says when one of us falls, the whole team is upset about it. How many fights have you seen in the stands where somebody did something to a team player and the rest of the team came out? Baseball happens all the time. The dugouts get emptied out and they start brawling on the field. That's teamwork. I'm not saying the brawling part is okay. But you understand the point. When you're a team, you stick together. In the military, if the squad doesn't stick together, somebody gets killed. Or all of them. They got each other's back. They look out for each other. They're not out there looking to shoot their lieutenant in the back. Some of them are. But they got to check their own motivation as to what they're doing on the team. If you're looking to shoot somebody in the back, you need to look at what you're doing on the team and see if your position is right. God has assigned you a position on this team. And if your position leads you to do something that is contrary to the team, then you probably better check out what it is you're doing. Because I'll guarantee you it's probably not for the benefit of the team. The team being the body of Christ. Endurance. 
Hebrews 12.1 Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily hinders our progress. And let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. You can't win the race if you're not in it. Every one of us are in it. Every one of us are in the race. But to be on a team, to be in the race, to be qualified for the prize, there are a couple rules you need to follow. Right? Every game has got a rule. Ignorance of the rules will disqualify you. Just because you say, oh, I didn't see that in the Bible, I didn't read it, I didn't know it, doesn't mean it doesn't apply to you. Well, officer, I didn't know it was illegal to run the stop sign and hit the car coming on. Just because you didn't know doesn't make it not so. So, you better make sure you're informed of the rules of the game you're playing in. Because even the bad guys, or the enemy, or the other side, has rules to follow. You think Satan operates without rules? Do you? He's accountable to the same person we are. You know that? He cannot attack you without permission, because you're a child of God. You think if somebody came up and smacked my kid on the head for no reason, I wouldn't get involved? Now, if they came up to me and said, I want to go smack your kid on the head because he did this, I might say, okay, go ahead. I believe that. I believe he can do that. Or get in line behind me. God doesn't work that way, though, fortunately. God has a little more patience than we do with our teenagers. They have a lot of patience with three and four-year-olds. I was looking at the button my mom showed me that she found of the three kids when they were... It's probably three, four, and five years old. I had a lot of patience then. But I don't have quite as much patience now that they're teenagers and know how to talk back. It's that talking back that bothers me. I can handle it if they do something wrong and say, Oops, I'm sorry, I'll not do that again. Even if they do it again, at least they're sorry about it. But when they want to sit there in my face and tell me, I don't feel like it, that don't wash with me. How many parents have heard that one before? I don't feel like it. Well, when are you going to feel like it? I'll give you something to feel. There's other people on the team that don't feel like it, folks. The trials, the sin, the whatever has got them down. Are you going to stand there as a mentor and help them along and build them up so they can get back in the game? Or are you going to look at what they're doing and kick them off the team? Who's in charge of the team? The players? Does the player have authority, Robert, to kick somebody else off the team? The coach decides who plays where, right? Who's the head coach? And how many times has he kicked anybody off of our team? 
Jesus doesn't kick people off the team. He may reassign their position. Here's one that might bite you. Diversity and differences are not an excuse to forget authority and put on a one-man show. You may be a Michael Jordan for Jesus, but that don't make you all that. you got a whole team behind you. And if Michael Jordan played one on 12, I guarantee you he wouldn't be Michael Jordan. Or at least not the one we know. There's 11 other people on that court. 12 in basketball, right, Jerry? Okay, make sure I'm talking <laughs> correct numbers here. It's okay to have a superstar. It's okay to have a prayer warrior. It's okay to have the pastor. It's okay to have someone out there who's really going and getting. But they still need your support. They still need the support of the team. Even if you're sitting on the bench and you're not happy about it, you still need to be cheering on the ones who are out there in the middle of the fight. Because they need your support. They need to know that they're not out there for nothing. Your gift is given to you for the benefit of the team. Not for you. You may benefit from it. But your gift that God gives you, whatever it may be, was given to you for the benefit of the body, the team. Whether it's prayer, teaching, preaching, music. Do you think Sister Sharon thinks she's above everybody else because she gets to be on a platform every Sunday? I guarantee she doesn't feel that way. But I'll bet there's a people, a couple people out here that may perceive that because, oh, if they're on the platform, they must be all right spiritually. <laughs> I guarantee you, I'm standing up here, and I'll tell you that's not all altogether true. We all have our problems. We all make boo-boos. I have been guilty of saying things to my son, who said things to me. But I probably shouldn't have said back when he said what he said. Even though he shouldn't have said what he said when I said it. Everybody got that? Only parents understand that. That doesn't not make me his parent, does it? I'm still the father. Even though I may say something wrong or do something wrong or act inappropriately at that particular moment. I'm still... In my position on the team. Now, obviously there's lines that you can cross that will get you taken off of certain teams. Or certain positions. Did you know that whining is not the best way to get off the bench? Picture yourself at the sidelines of Jerry's football game. He's got you on the bench for a reason probably. And you're whining and whining and whining about why you can't go out there and play in the game. Do you think he's going to be motivated to put you out there? Because you're whining because what? You're worried about the team? Why are you whining? Because you're on the bench and you want to be out there in the limelight. Well that is not the definition of teamwork. 
the definition of teamwork is someone who will sit there with a smile on their face, cheering on the guys that are out there, in spite of the fact that they might not quite have the ability that's needed at that moment. When I was in sixth grade, I was in a basketball team in my school, and we were in a tournament. You know how many games I played? Zero. We were on the last game of the tournament. And I spent my time on the bench the whole time. The last play of the last game of the tournament, guess who got to go out there? And made the winning shot, no less. That was the end of my basketball career. That was a pinnacle peak right there. Sometimes that'll happen. The team needs you to be on the team. The team needs you to be standing behind everyone else. Whether you're in the front or the back, you need to have their back. Just like God's always behind us. God's got your back. He is in charge. God is in charge of where the team plays. God is in charge of who's going to play on that team at that time. And all of you people on the bench need to understand that just because you're not out in the field on the game itself actively playing, you're still on the team. And you still have your role in the team. And what you're doing on that bench is just as important as the guy who's putting the ball. And some of you probably don't believe that. But I'm telling you, that's the way it works in the family of God. The pastor is no more important than the person sitting on the pew who doesn't have a ministry to teach or preach or anything. Because we are in the body of Christ. We are assigned at different positions. The finger doesn't complain that it's not a toe. So what gives us the right? If we're a finger and we're not a toe. God gives you your position right now where you're at today, sitting where you are, because this is where He wants you. Accept what God has given you. It's okay to strive for more. It's okay to aim for the goal. It's okay to want to win and come out there and make that winning shot. It's okay. God's looking for motivated people. He's looking for people who will stand up and say, I'll go send me. Even if He says, no, sit back down. When the coach has somebody down on the field, he's got to look up and down the bench. Like out with her picking his nose, it's probably not going to be a guy he's going to point to and say, go out. He's going to look at the guy saying, give me, give me, let me go out. Are you picking your nose? Or are you jumping up and down wanting to get out in the game? Hey, you may have a broken leg. You can't jump up and down and go out in the game doesn't mean inside you're not out there on the field. When somebody goes to the mission field and we're paying every month for missions to missionaries to go out there to represent us as the team, we should be just as encouraging to them and just as excited for them to be out there and pray for them to say, look, I can't be there so (coughs) here's a couple dollars that I can afford to help with the team, with the game. You need to cheer them on. They're in the trenches in some cases. Not everybody's a Benny Hinn. Not everybody can just get up there and attract the crowd and finances take care of themselves. The 
larger percentage of the people that are missionaries that have to go around from church to church and itinerate for a period of time so they can raise the support they need to go back on the field. Missionaries pay their own way sometimes. Some organizations, they pay 100% of their own way. The team is to be all for one and one for all. Just like the three musketeers. If one's in trouble, they all come to the rescue. Unfortunately, that is not always so in the body of Christ. If somebody is down, they come a-running, but they come a-kicking, too. You know the saying, Christians are the only army that shoot their own wounded? Well, unfortunately, in some cases, that's true. Instead of having the church to be a hospital and a, and a recovery ward, and a post-operative ward, the church sometimes is the place where they just put them out of the misery. Boom! Or add more to them. Tell them how bad they are, how guilty they are, how wrong they are. There is a place for that. The coach sometimes has to sit down and tell you how it is. And if you do that again, this will happen. That is the coach's job, to do that. Sometimes the coach has to enforce discipline. If it's in the Word of God, it has to be said. You can't sugarcoat the Word of God because he didn't do it. But there's a lot of good stuff in here that if you spend time doing it, you don't have to worry about getting coach mad at you. As I tell my children, if you spend your time doing your homework and turning it in, you probably get at least to see. But if you don't bother doing your homework, or if you do it and don't bother turning it in, you deserve what you don't get. The same thing here. Spend your time, and you'll reap the rewards. But according to my Bible, everyone's going to get an A. Everyone that does what? Submits to God. Everyone on the team is going to get an A. Every one of us is going to win the prize. We're all going to win the tournament. The Holy Spirit determines the gift you get, but the coaches in life determine where you play. We have all kinds of different coaches in life. The pastors, the teachers, the mentors, bosses. They determined a lot of times where we play in a particular game we're at, whether it's at work or church or whatever. If you're at work and you choose to ignore the coach, the boss, you may have trouble with the team. You may be transferred to another team or made available to be transferred to another team. When I would uh, let somebody go, I wouldn't say you're fired. I would say, uh, I'm making you available to seek other opportunities. <laughs> Not quite as harsh. So the coach may make you available to seek other opportunities. But that's fine. Maybe the coach is wrong. You're still on the team. And you still have a mission. And the team you're on that takes precedence over any other team you're on is the body of Christ. And I'm not talking about these four walls, Westside Christian Center. I'm talking about you as a Christian. Although, if you do it right as a Christian, it's going to affect everywhere else you go on the team. So the head coach is Jesus, the coach is pastors, teachers, and mentors. 
The team is everyone. All. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord is on the team. Teamwork means servanthood. We serve each other. Loving God, serving each other. In that order. If you love God, you will serve each other. Jesus became the servant of all. And Jesus is the top of the pile. But he came down to be a servant to us. To show us how to be a servant to each other. Why do we must, must we serve each other? Because we need each other. No one can do it on their own. Like I said, Michael Jordan, he may hold his own for a little while out there against the 12 guys on the other team. But he's going to have a lot better time of it if the team is setting up the shots for him. He made all those shots because the team was setting up the shots for him. Do you understand that? Are you out there setting up the shots for the high, high big ones here? Or are you out there saying, oh, I'm just going to kick back and watch him play because, you know, all I can do is pass. Well, if it weren't for those people who knew how to pass back and forth to set him up, he wouldn't be making those shots. Right? So learn how to pass the ball, not the buck. Passing the buck is a whole different subject. Unless you put it in the offering. We are a team as the family of God. We need to make sure that we understand each other's trials. We're all going to have them. We're all going to have our weak spots. We're all going to have our moments when we even repeat our sins and everybody sees it. Sin is wrong. But God loves us enough to have us love each other so that we can support each other. Okay, fine. You messed up? I love you because God loves you. There may be consequences on this earth to what you do or don't do. But as a family of God, we need to look beyond the faults, just as Jesus does, and see the needs of our fellow brethren and serve each other. Even if they cause their own predicament. That's a hard pill for some people to swallow. Some people don't want to say, well, he got himself in that mess, let him get himself out of it. That is not how we're supposed to do it when we're on a team. It's okay to call black black and white white. It's okay to point out, this is wrong, and this is wrong, and that's wrong, and that's right. It's okay to do that because the Bible does that. But sometimes it's the coach's job to bring that up. Now, as brothers and sisters, we have the obligation to go to each other when we have a problem. And if we can't solve it, then we go to the board and the pastor. That's what the Bible says. In order for the team to function the way it's supposed to function, we need to follow according to the book. And if you don't know what the book says, 
Don't complain about those who follow it. You need to get in there and find out what it says for yourself. Because if you blindly follow somebody who says they're following the book without looking at it yourself, you may be going down the wrong path. I had a friend years ago who had a nice big Bible on their coffee table. I says, well, why don't you read it? Oh, that's not for me to look, touch. That's when, the, when the priest comes over, he gets to open that and look at it, but we don't touch it. Well, what do you mean you don't touch it? Well, we're not allowed to touch the Bible. That's a, the priest is the only one allowed to open that. Well, that's stupid. How can you hide God's Word in your heart if you don't open it and look? You're hiding it on your coffee table, but that don't help. So, in review, trials, pressures, teamwork, endurance, knowing the rules, knowing how to play the game. And when you stumble, the team isn't there to kick you off, kick you out, and give you a blanket party. They're there to pick you up, help you move along, and overcome the past. Because, you know, if you look at the past, the Bible says you're not worthy. If you spend your time looking behind you, you might hit something in front of you. If you're busy looking behind you, and you're driving down the freeway, you might end up dead. Same thing in life. If you spend all your time looking back, you may miss opportunities in front of you, whether they're good or bad. Look forward. Paul said to run the race as if you want to win. Are you running the race like you want to win? Or are you too worried about the fact that you're on the bench? Or too worried about the fact that, well, you know, I sprained my ankle in that pothole back there. See that pothole? See that one right there? Come here. Come here and look. I'm not coming back here to look. I want to move along. I believe there's a pothole back there. I need to move forward. And that needs to be the attitude of every Christian. Let's move along. Fine. You messed up. You did it again. But God says, I love you. So, therefore, I love you. And let's move along. Support each other in the family of God. Tonight you've got the annual business meeting. There will be times when business meetings come along. I have no idea what the agenda is, so don't act like I'm preparing you for anything. Some business meetings come along and there's a big bomb just to ruin. Somebody's got their fuse lit and they're just ready to come to that meeting and blow it up. Ever been to a meeting like that? Other times, people are coming with their cake and their pies and their wonderful kudos and how wonderful it is. As a team, we're supposed to come with the refreshments so we can refresh each other. So yeah, do bring donuts tonight. Do you want to win the game? Do you? We've already been guaranteed that we're going to win. That's the good news. Jesus said, preach the good news. Preach the good news. He didn't say, with a machete. (laughs) What is the good news that we are supposed to represent as a team? Jesus Christ loves you so much, He died for you, and you can therefore win the game with us. That's the good news.
How many of you are living the good news? Live the good news. He said all He wants to save. He would that how many should perish? None. Therefore, it's our job to get on the same little line there. I would that none should perish. I want everyone to go to heaven. Sometimes they may not like them. I may not like what they do. But I guarantee you, the Bible tells me that just as Jesus does, I'm supposed to love them into the kingdom and give them the good news too. That's our job. Judgment is God's department. It's our job to win the souls for the kingdom. Get them on the team. Teach them the rules. Play the game. Play the game to win. And you will. Because we've been guaranteed it in the Bible. Please stand. Father, we thank you that you provided us a book that gives us everything we need to live by. Lord, give us the desire, a hunger, and a motivation to open the Word of God and understand. Open our eyes and our hearts that we may hear everything that you have to say in your Word so that we can be effective. So that we can be effective in spreading the good news that you're alive and well and we're going to live eternally with you in heaven. We thank you, Father. Thank you.